This is CliffCentral.com. Most people fight against change, especially when it affects their, them personally. The ironic thing is that change is inevitable. Everybody has to deal with it. On the other hand, growth is optional. You can choose to grow or fight it. But know this, people unwillingly, uh, unwilling to grow will never reach their potential. Most people don't realize that successful and unsuccessful people do not differ substantially in their abilities. They vary in their desire to reach their potential. And nothing is more effective when it comes to reaching potential than commitment to personal growth. There are eight principles for self-improvement. One, choose a life of growth. Two, start growing today. Focus on self-development, not self-fulfillment. Four, never stay satisfied with current accomplishments. Five, be a continual learner. Six is develop a plan for growth. Seven, pay the price. Eight, and the final one, find a way to apply what you learn. Whatever you do, don't allow yourself to stay on a plateau. Commit yourself to climbing the mountain of personal potential a little at a time throughout your lifetime. It's only it's one journey you'll never regret having made. That right there is by John C. Maxwell. Today we're doing something absolutely fantastic. I love it very much. We are getting lessons from legends. You'll know why just after this. This is Unplugged and In Charge, the shortest hour in the week. Welcome. Yeah, baby. Yeah. This is another one of those absolutely fantastic days, guys. Wow. It's another great day, man. I call it a good news lifetime. It's no longer a good news season. It's a good news lifetime. I heard once, why not me? Why not now? Why not here? You need to make sure that that is you. Every single time you need to wake up, you need to say, I'm going to bring the fire. I'm the salt of the earth. My mom told me that when I was three years old. Now... I come out here, man, and I bring the flavor. I'm the salt. I'm the spice. I'm the sauce. Yeah. You need to have that flavor about your life, guys. Come on. It's February. February is already here. That means yet again another opportunity is here. Another month. January is over. The worry of January is now officially behind us. And we got something absolutely fantastic for you for today. Now, I call this the shortest hour of the week because it really goes by that quickly. It's really normally that dose that you need to just keep on going. I wish it came on a Monday, you know, but now it comes on a Thursday because who's counting, right? Weekends are actually now the time that you actually start to focus on your hustle, especially if you have a nine to five. Monday to Friday, maybe you're doing the boss's hustle. Sometimes at night you get to do a little bit of your own work, but that weekend time, that's the time you get to do your stuff. That's your time. Nobody else bought that. That's your time. So you need to buy out the time to start working on your own dreams in that time. So we call this particular series that we're going to give you this month Lessons from Legends. I thought I'd, I'd try and reach out to the people that I look up to. And, uh, and I actually at first was quite intimidated at the idea and thinking, wow, will they even listen to me? But guess what, guys? 
you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways because they all listened. I, I'm telling you that some of the people in the pipeline, we got um, Romeo Kumalo coming. We got Vusi Temeguayo coming through. Martinus Brodrek is coming through at some point in time. And today we actually have someone that I really, really look up to. In fact, I liked his company before I liked him. And then I liked him before I knew that that was his company. And then all of a sudden I was like, I just like everything about this man. You know, I feel like everybody calls me Wizard That Guy. You need to call this gentleman that man or something. I don't know because to me, when I looked at him, before even knowing much about him, I just felt like his DNA is made of my DNA. You know, something about him. And that's sometimes what energy is, guys. It's, it's you know, something about someone else that says, man, this person re- resonates with me. Uh, the person right now that I'm talking about is uh, someone I really look up to, as I mentioned. And it is the one and only... Gil. Gil, how you doing, brother? I'm fantastic after what I've just heard. I'm <laughs> loving life. Yeah. <laughs> this is a proper Pusa Thursday. <laughs> oh, thank you very Without much. Without alcohol. It's all your energy. <laughs> it's energy, right? Let's let's Pusa the energy. Let's Pusa the energy. Cool. So I've always gotten your surname wrong when I say it to myself. I've never had to say it out loud before, but I, I feel like it, it might be a lot of people who get it wrong because... Uh, I, I almost I almost called it something else, but I don't. I'm even scared to use that other name again. It is Gil Oved. Oved. Yeah. Oved. Or you need to like have the accent in there. Oved. Well, yeah. You see the way you do it. Yeah. You've got you've got that gift, so you you can get away <laughs> with like giving it an extra bit of a a kick yeah. at the end. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. I'm I'm just grateful. That I didn't have to say it wrong the first time. You d- kind of educated me five seconds before we went on stage. I mean, we went on air as to how exactly to say it. So I'm just relieved, man. <laughs> I didn't say it the wrong way. So uh, this is Gil Oved. You need to say it with the like, uh, you know, the right accent, you know. <laughs> All right, Gil. Um, look, man. Uh, everything that I said just before we started the show is absolutely true. You know, I, um, I don't know what it is about you, but it it might be just that you have this. Positivity about you, you know, you, you just always smiling. I don't know mm. if everyone has ever seen you not smile. Yeah. Like it, it seems like you're Mr. Good News. Well, you know, life is short. Yeah. And you don't know when you're going to check out. That's the one thing that everyone else will know about you, your check out date, but you yeah. won't know. Mm. So I think, I think that obviously I've had a lot, you know, I've had bad times and I, I have different moods, but on the whole, I'm a happy guy because I know that life is just amazing and it's there to be lived regardless of your life circumstance. You're there to live it whilst you can. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, it's like this analogy. You know, have you ever seen people eating burgers, right? So when you eat a burger, okay, you got to hold it with both hands. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Burgers can't be eaten unless you take a, the biggest bite possible where your mouth is full and then whilst you're still chewing, before you've even finished swallowing, you're already taking the Goddamn next bite. Next bite okay. as well. You, you don't do that with soup. Yeah. You don't do that with salad. No. But you do that with a burger. Mm. So my, my view is you gotta live life the way you eat a burger. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I wish I had some horns. Ah mm-hmm. uh, man, I, I, I can't find my horns. Normally we got this old thing after you say something really cool, but that was really cool and quite profound. Live life the way you eat a burger. You know, just take that next bite and just yeah. chew one and twice and take that next bite. Squeeze it. Oh my gosh. That, that's a really, really cool way. And that's, of course, only if you've compiled that juicy life for yourself. You know, you also need to 
to to have made a juicy life for yourself, I guess, before you want to bite it like that. Yeah, because um, you know, life's a journey, right? And uh we'll face different challenges and different details and stuff like that. But on the whole, you get given what you get given and you can mm. lament about it and be upset about it. Or alternatively you can say, Okay, cool. This is what I got. This is where I want to be. And I'm gonna go down that journey. So yeah, you gotta make it work for yourself and you gotta mm. find peace that whatever it is, that's your life. You're not comparing yourself to other people because I promise you they won't even remember you ten years from now. It doesn't matter, you compete people spend time competing with their best friends, with their spouses and the truth is there is no competition. It isn't. Wow. The only competition is with yourself. And once you get that perspective and let me tell you it took me many years wow. many years to get that perspective. It's such a relief to know that actually the the only race is the race in your mind. And the only journey that matters is your own journey. Yeah. Absolutely profound. Now, normally we go into some really deep stuff, but I I want to leave that until we first find out how was your day like today? Oh, just fantastic. <laughs> Tell me, what time did you wake up and just paint out the picture of how a normal day in the in in your life would look like? Okay, well let's let's get something right. Yeah. There is no such thing as a normal day in my life. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so so I can tell you about today, but today and tomorrow and yesterday are going to be completely different. Yeah. And uh, in fact, that is my my normal. I love the fact that I don't have a set routine because um because I don't want life to be boring. I want it to be interesting. And I love the fact that as an entrepreneur, I don't know who I'm going to meet that may change the trajectory of my life. And and that's something that's very exciting for me. Mm. I have rituals, but I don't have a routine. So for example, one of my morning rituals is I love making my coffee. I love coffee. Yeah. Love coffee. <laughs> Good coffee. I make my coffee, turn on the news. And kind of start my day with a half hour of kind of getting to grips with the day. First thing before I get out of bed, I do transcendental meditation. So I do 20 minutes every morning of TM, mm. which is just a, a form of meditation that has really been a game changer because it's the one opportunity I have to really detach, switch off. And then turn back on again and feel really energized. So these are all different rituals, but the daily routine simply doesn't exist. Wow. Okay. Pretty interesting. Um, they, there was someone I was having a chat with yesterday. Her name's La Sauce. She's young. She's doing very well in, in, in terms of music and so on. But she said something interesting that every night she used to sleep an hour early. Well, not actually sleep, but go to bed at that time so that she can imagine uh, the ideal future. And today she's living that ideal mm. future in just about two to three years after she had yeah. done that. Do you find that you, you also have something similar to that? I think it's absolutely critical to dream what you want for yourself. I, I, before I knew that that is a technique, I did it because it just came naturally to me. I, I remember in my early days... I used to imagine certain things that I wanted, success stories, a graduation, buying a certain car. Um, I, I, I even allowed myself moments where I would walk away, stand like on a corner somewhere in the room and just close my eyes and, and dream it. And I think when you 
no success has ever come unless you first dreamt it. You first have to dream it and then the rest follows through. Mm. So, and and when, when I say dream, it's not like this airy fairy thing. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine myself walking. I'd imagine the footsteps. I'd imagine what I felt like, what I'd look like. And wow. and I think it's absolutely critical. Some people would imagine, think that that's a waste of time. You're being wasteful. You're being, um, you know, just, uh, just silly. And actually, I think it's a very deep, very important side to success, which is dreaming what you want for yourself. Because I really believe that there is no such thing as reality. Okay. Most of our life is about imagination. So I'll give you an example. Borders of countries. That's imagined. Okay? Yeah. It isn't physically borders. They change as currencies, you know, come and go. So for example, the world's wealth is X. Then 2008 hits and the world's wealth is half X. So did half, half of the world's wealth disappear? No. The, the collective imagination of the world Decided that there's half the wealth that used to exist. Mm. Borders have come and gone. In the 1300s, there were the Mongol Wars. No one's ever heard of it. Mongol Wars killed 50 million people. So let's just think about that. The entire population of South Africa was killed as a result of border wars in Mm. the Mongols in the 1300s. The facts are that 50 million people died. That's a fact. That's real. Wow. The imagination is that it was over borders that now no longer exist and no one even knows about it. So we've got all these things in our lives, money, religion, um, borders, politics, all imagination. That's how we live our lives. So for me, knowing that means that if you imagine something up front, ultimately, eventually, your neural pathways are created and that becomes reality. It's the same reason why you cry in a movie when you see a sad movie. Why would you cry in a sad movie if you know it's a movie? Because the brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. It, the physical symptoms are the same. Wow. That's how I see things. And if you can use that power of imagination to imagine an ideal, then you can get to turn, turn that imagination into fact. Yeah, and you want to take it a step further. What great charismatic people do, leaders, great businessmen, politicians, musicians, celebrities, what they are most capable of doing is not only having great imagination and imagining a a different life for themselves, but what they do is they bring other people along for it. So other people buy into that imagination. And that's what leadership is actually all about. Mm. Fantastic. Hey, that, that, that's, that's wise. That's profound right there. Ah, quite interesting. Now, um, you, clearly you, you, you put this into practice, but when did you learn this and how has it changed your life? I, I think that way before I realized that I'm an entrepreneur and, and like doing business, I felt very strongly about my life that I wanted to be master of my destiny. Mm. I wanted to be the director of my life. I consequently learned that there's a term for it called entrepreneurship. Okay. But before I even knew that, all I knew is that I didn't want to work for a boss. And I wanted to do things my way. Not in a rebellious way, but in a way that suits me. Mm. And so I decided to imagine a life that's different from the one that I was having. And then I set about making my dreams a reality. And working very hard, even... um, you know, in the face of great failure, 
to uh, I worked very hard to make that dream come true. Yeah. Interesting stuff. And so what age was this when you decided I want to own my own destiny? So I, I guess the first recollection I have of this was um, I I really wanted to be on TV. Okay. Uh, I came from fairly humble beginnings and mm-hmm. and my small world was opened up when I watched movies and saw a very big world out there. And I kind of thought, wouldn't it be great if I could open my world up? So I thought, you know, if I could get into movies, be an actor, that would be the beginning. And, you know, life has a diff- uh, funny way of, you know, kind of dealing with you. Yeah. And so I went for auditions and worked very hard to try and get onto TV. And I got lucky and I got into a TV show called Zap Mag, which was like a kid's teenager magazine program. Uh-huh. And um, I started, so I was a presenter and I did it for about five years. And it was incredible because I got to meet incred- amazing people, people at the top of their game, interesting people. I got to ask them questions and have intimate conversations with them. And it built my confidence and my and my ability to interact with different characters. And I opened my world up. And that was the first time I realized that you could start with a dream, work very hard, pursue your dreams and turn that into reality. And then I've used it ever since. You know, once you do something and it works and you do it again and it works, the third time you kind of know that even if it takes longer and it's harder, eventually it'll work. Your neural pathways are set. Yeah, yeah. So I've used it ever since. Pretty amazing. So here you are at the tender age of how old maybe? I was 15 when I got on TV. 15 years old, Eden Vale life, and then now you're on TV. Um, and, uh, and, and it, it's finally looking like it's coming to a reality. This, this movie dream is coming true. But then somewhere along the line, you decided not for me. Well, it's kind of strange because whilst I was trying to get onto TV, uh, I thought everything is about getting onto the screens and, you know, I guess getting, being famous. And then what I found was that as soon as I got onto TV, I was bored by it because I was being told what to do, where to stand, what to say, what to wear. And what I found really interesting was rather to be behind the scenes, to be the director, to be the producer, you know, in mm. line with being the director of my life. Yeah. So I got very interested in the production process of, of television. And so when I left school, much to the chagrin of my parents, um, I, I wasn't that focused on studies. And I focused my energies on starting a TV production company. So I got a partner who was a friend of mine who I'd worked with on ZapMag. And the two of us started a TV production company together. I was 20. Okay. And um, and that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial life. And we set about putting pictures together for the SABC. And we got some programs on air. And it was an incredible experience because wow. now you not only focus on directing shows but producing shows, which means you have to understand the business of making TV. You have to understand employment and HR and IR and processes and systems and intellectual property and IP and 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 how to manage other people and how to get them to believe in your vision and to work hard for you and to believe in you. And uh, to delegate, so lots of very important life skills that I learned at a very young age. And we did that for about three years. It was an incredible learning experience. 
But that that must have been challenging. You're 20 years old. You have to be a boss of some people that might even be older than you. I mean, most of the people are older than you because the yeah. younger ones are still in high school. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you didn't really have it all figured out, but yet you I, went to a big uh, company like the SABC. Well, I didn't have anything figured out. But I learned quite a lot of important lessons. So when we went and pitched our first program, we pitched it to the commissioning editor at the time. And we pitched this great idea of having this kids gladiator show called Super Kids. And it was going to be awesome. And it would be the Predators against the Avengers. And she sat there listening to the whole pitch. And at the end of it, she's like, right, okay, well, you know, very nice idea. And so let me ask you a few questions. Firstly, do you have a registered company we were like no she's like do you have a bank account no do you have staff no do you have an office no but we have a really great idea <laughs> and all the passion in the world yeah and I, I remember thinking how ridiculous i sounded i was like on the verge of walking out <laughs> never to come back again and she looked at us and she said you know what i'm not sure why i'm going to do this but i'm going to give you a chance and i learned an important lesson that very often people will believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And mm. they're often right. And I think anyone who's listening has probably faced situations where we set ourselves our own barriers to success. And others see more talent in us than we are willing to see in ourselves. And isn't that a shame? Mm. And uh, she gave us a chance. And she took a big bet on us. And the show was a big success. But in producing the show, I promise you, we knew nothing. We learned everything as we went along. And... I remember standing outside boardrooms ready to walk in, seeing the, you know, 20 people sitting waiting for us in the boardroom to walk in. And I was so scared. And I was just thinking, you know, here's this, I'm a 20 year old kid. I don't know anything. And I'd walk in there, be very serious and tell them what I thought we should do and everything. And things eventually worked out. And I, I learned, I guess, from that, that you have to act as if. And then eventually it becomes. Mm-hmm. You know, people say you have to fake it to make it. Yeah. And it's so true. And it's so funny because even now, even now I speak to amazing people, CEOs, very successful people, and we have these conversations and they all admit the same thing that I feel is that even till this day, very often I have to act as if and then eventually it becomes. And here's the deal. If you don't feel that way, it means you're not growing. You're not challenging yourself sufficiently. So I guess that's the challenge is to always feel that you're out of comfort zone to some extent. And you have to act as if and eventually it becomes your expertise. It becomes your skill set. Wow. That is profound. I think a lot of us always go through that at some point in life. And I, I, I feel like it happens so much with myself also. You know, uh, um, a, a wise um, um, advice that I once got from a friend was to dumb things down to the smallest degree. Like if, let's say, um, I, just in December, I was in China for the very first time. I'm the first person in my whole bloodline to go to China. You know, it's it's huge. Now there's this international stage here with people who own BBC and National Geographics and everybody's here. And then they from I, I arrived there just to do a meet and greet. But now all of a sudden they tell me I'm going to MC and I'm like, oh, my gosh, MC. OK. Um, and now here comes that moment. Here's the mic in your hand. And the music dies down and they say, hey, man, get on stage. And you could think of how big this moment is. Or you can just dumb it down to the smallest degree and think, it's just a a bunch of people. They don't even know who I am. In fact, forget there are people here. Just 
have a chat and you know simplify things to the smallest degree and that's sometimes another way in which you can you know um rise in a big occasion without um you know without feeling like you're overwhelmed by it yeah. all i really love that i think that's that's actually very profound and that's a great tactic mm. so yeah the truth is we're all just trying to find our way in the world even the most successful most exposed people at the end of the day we're just humans trying to find our way trying to just live our lives at the mm. end of the day so um my tactic is <laughs> i wear funky socks okay especially when i have very serious meetings or presentations yeah. and i'm going to be nervous and then kind of like when i walk in i just think well you know i may be looking formal but i'm wearing very crazy ass socks <laughs> and that's how i get a, i had a friend who used to tell me that uh she always um Whenever she got nervous, she'd imagine the people that she was presenting to, she'd imagine them naked. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I think that would put me off my game, especially some of the people I have to meet. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I can't imagine you having to meet Donald Trump and then you're like, okay. Um. I think that's where this conversation ends. <laughs> yeah, no, it wouldn't be so easy. No, but um, there are often people who find that when they're in that situation that you are in, uh, now here... You have an idea what you can take to the SABC. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be this. Then they get stuck in planning so long that they never get to executing because they, they're thinking of all the reasons why not now. Mm. What do you have to say with, to that? I think that some degree of planning is important. You kind of need to know what you're doing, where you're headed, what you're talking about. So I'm all for planning. And certainly if you're a, an entrepreneur, a business plan is really important. But it's only important until the day you start your business. The day you start your business, the truth is the business plan goes out the window because life happens and things change. And even though you can plan with your business plan for all eventualities, they're finite. And the, the consideration set outside in the real world is infinite. So I believe in business plans and planning. But to an extent that it forces you to do homework and research about your competitor set and your target market and your potential. But I think that at some point, sooner rather than later, you just got to do it. Just get started. People ask me, you know, what should I do you know, in order to start my business? I want to be an entrepreneur. I've got these ideas. I say, just do it. Just get on with it. Because the day you start, things are going to start happening. And I, I always use this analogy because I love, I love footy. I love football. Yeah. So... If you had to uh, YouTube, okay, goalkeepers' goals, even goalkeepers score more goals than people sitting in the stands. Oh, shucks! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even the goalkeeper will yeah. score more than the guy from the stands mm, mm, giving commentary. Mm, 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 mm. You got to be on, on the field to stand a chance oh, wow. of scoring a goal. You just got to start. Get on with it. Man, wow. That, that's, that's profound right mm. there. You said the minute you start, wh what did you say about starting? You see now, if I had podcasts, I can just rewind this whole thing and hear that apart again. You said the, the, um, the minute you start your, things. Your business, everything, the business plan falls out the window. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then you said, you said something, but you didn't know how powerful it was. Then my mind literally went into some trance. I was like, whoa, he just said something powerful. But anyway, if you also heard what I just heard or you didn't quite hear it, just rewind this thing and you'll hear it again. Isn't that the, isn't that so cool about this kind of media? <laughs> yeah. You can listen to things. Yeah. You know what I've been doing now with podcasts? Mm -hmm. 
I've been listening at one and a half times speed. Oh, it's brilliant! Oh, it wow. saves so much time. It's you have to do you it over time. You can listen to it a little bit faster, yeah. and it can wow. Yeah, one and a half times. I've I've got a friend who listens to podcasts at times two speed. Jeez. I tried it, couldn't understand a word in the podcast. Yeah. I think one and a half is cool. I, I guess it's something just like how with the reading, if there's these apps that can make you read faster when they just flash the words in front of you and then you could, you know, you, you could read books much quicker. That's cool. And I think maybe with, with the one and a half times speed going to two times is you get used to the one and a half times after some time and you're yeah. like, these guys are speaking slow and you'll step it up maybe next year until it times two. But that's interesting. That's, yeah. wow, these are the things people do when time is money, guys. You're like, hey, I need to learn these things, but I need to learn them faster. Let me just speed up the lecture. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because I've got this uh, thing in my head that I often think about. So, the, you know the concept of the time value of money, a simple financial concept that basically says that having money now is worth more than having money later because of inflation and mm. so the you know present value, so the time value of money. So I've got my version of it, which is called the time value of information, okay. which is having information now is so much more powerful than having information later because the sooner you have more information – the more neural pathways are connected, the more connections you make between things that you learn. So, for example, you know, like when you've learned something new, a new word or a new concept, and all of a sudden you see it all around you. And then you're like, is it because it's just happened everywhere or is it because I've, no, I've never noticed it and now I've noticed it? Yeah. So it's like the time value of information, learning about things sooner, more things more often so that you can connect the dots much quicker. And so like when I speak to people who experience, that's what experience is all about. That's mm. why... That's why growth is exponential because your experience, it just increases the rate of learning and uh, absorption so much quicker. Wow. Pretty profound. That's why we're calling this lessons from legends <laughs> so we can learn these type of things and uh, learn how to um, you know, absorb the information quicker so we can connect the dots much quicker as well. Steve Jobs once said, you can't see the dots looking forward. You know, you can only see it looking back. Um, what are some of the, the, the most significant dots when you look back in your life and you're saying, wow, if that dot hadn't connected with that dot, I would not be here. Yeah, it's funny because, um, I think that very often entrepreneurs like to reverse engineer their success. So what I don't want to do is ever be the guy who says, gee, you know, I had a big vision and I planned it all and then it all happened the way I imagined because that certainly didn't happen with me. And to be honest, most guys I speak to, most successful entrepreneurs, they'll admit that, you know, they're kind of compelled to make, a, you know, a story between behind, you know, about the past that never really had a path. So my dots are not so much about the fact that I, there was fate involved or destiny, but there were certain decisions that I made at certain parts of my life, I made a lot of mistakes in my life made a lot of mistakes. I don't regret them because they got me here to sit with you right here today, sure. right now. But you have to learn from your mistakes. And I made a lot of mistakes. I think some of them is that I never invested sufficiently in people. When you're a startup entrepreneur, the first thing you think about is how to survive and how to pay the least to get the most. And I think the problem with that is that you end up hiring not the best, but the cheapest. And that's unfortunate because if you want, if you're wanting to build a proper business, you gotta get the best people around you. The second thing is I never had a mentor for most of my life. 
And I, I guess that's unfortunate. That was a mistake. Because the way I see mentors, it's almost like, you know, if you could be driving on the road, following the same path from work to home every day of your life, and you'll have a certain perspective. And then you get a mentor in your life who flies. And you know when you look at something when you're flying and you look down at, at Joburg from, from the airplane and it looks completely different. It's a sure. completely different vista. Mm. That's what mentors are about. They kind of, they've seen, they've seen this highway from a very different perspective and they share that with you. So I, I wish I'd gotten uh, uh, mentors earlier in my life because I think my life would have been easier. And then, um, I guess, you know, thirdly was not embracing systems and processes and hygiene factors. As entrepreneurs, we often like to focus on sales, on the sexy things. But actually, I know so many businesses that have failed because they never got their cash flow right. Great businesses that they didn't have their registration right, their governance in place, their charters, their shareholders agreements, the things that aren't sexy but are absolutely critical in doing things right. And regardless of what kind of business you go into, whether it's a small lifestyle business or a big business that you want to one day sell for, you know, millions upon millions, you need to get the basics right up front. Wow. I have this uh, quote that I say, if you don't want to have the hard talks, you'll have a hard life. Uh, I love that. Right. Do you feel that uh, maybe in some part of um, what, what you just said now, not doing the sex, the, the, everyone wants the sexy stuff. The, the, you know, the, the dirts, the not so attractive things. Those are the hard talks that you need to have going in business. Let's say, for instance, with your friends or with your partner and you're not having the hard talks about the money, the percentages, the, you know, because people are normally saying, no, let's just grow. We'll see the money when it comes, you know, for now, let's just build. And then normally the problems come later on in life. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so much easier to manage expectations up front. You know, so when you, when you initiate a relationship, a business relationship or any other relationship for that matter, when you set the tone upfront and you manage expectations so much easier than being in a relationship a year down the line going, you know what? You know that thing that you do that you've been doing all along? I hate it. You're like, well, why didn't you tell me a year ago? You know, <laughs> yeah. you've been living, I had, whereas up front, you say, listen, these things don't work for me. This is how I work. This is what I want in my life. Let's exchange ideas, have an understanding, put it in writing. You know, the best legal contracts are the ones that never come out of the draw because you know that they are so rock solid mm. that by the time you have to call on the contract, then the relationship's already fallen apart. Those are the mm. best legal contracts. Wow. Pretty interesting. Now, um, managing expectations, that's actually something quite profound. You started off uh, working with friends. In fact, um, your first business partner was the same um, friend um, that was with you in the same uh, in the same production company, right? I mean, well, tell me about relationships with friends in terms of starting a business with friends. How is that? Do you find that it is, you know, it's an advisable thing to do or something that you, one should stra- uh, maybe try and avoid or... What are, what are some of the formulas around that? My view on partnerships is that a partnership is a relationship like a husband and wife relationship. You go mm. through your ups and downs, you go through your makeups and breakups, and, and what you, what you're doing is you're actually having a baby together, and the baby is the business. And what you need to do is you need to, as a parent, you need to do what's best for the baby, even if it's not necessarily what's best for you. And then it's about learning 
about the importance of compromise and shared vision and managing expectation and regular communication. So all relationships are, are similar and certainly I think a business relationship needs to have those fundamentals. As for whether to get involved with friends or not, it really depends on the nature of the friendship, the importance of the friendship and and whether you can have these true tough conversations. What is non-negotiable in my books, whether it's friends or no friends, is trust. It's the bare basic of any relationship and certainly in a business relationship, you need to trust your partner. You need to believe in that partner and you need to feel that they have your best interests in mind because your best interests just happen to be their best interests. That's called true alignment. And I find that trust is an incredibly important component. You can lack other components in your relationship if you have trust first and foremost. Um, and so I've, uh, I've been in a number of partnerships. I've been either friendly or friends with my partners. But I also respect that there is a business relationship, that we have a baby together, we have to be responsible. And if, in fact, our friendship has to take a backseat to our business relationship, then that's a decision that needs to be made. Because you are responsible to others. You're responsible to shareholders. You're responsible to your staff. You're responsible to your clients. you got to do the right thing for the baby. Wow. I think you should write a book, Having a Baby with Your Business Partner. Oh, my goodness. Right? <laughs> I'm seeing controversy everywhere. Bring it on. I love it. That's good PR. Yeah. You know what yeah. they say? There's no bad PR. <laughs> Definitely. Wow, that's actually quite interesting. Um, having a baby together and just thinking it of it, thinking of it in that way, saying, okay, we have a shared vision. We know where the baby is going to grow up one day. We, we know what type of environment we want to create for that child. And we know what type of person we want that person to be. And who should I be so that that person can be who they should be? You know, wow, quite, quite interesting. And it's actually, if you take that analogy even further, you get to a point in your business where the child is now grown up and it's time to leave home. And it's a tough time for the parents, but it's a necessary time. So it's also important to know when it's time to step away and step down. Wow. When, when the child's grown up and it needs other, other people in its life other than the parents. And in fact, I think that's really what happened with the Creative Council when we sold the businesses. We felt that it was time to take the Creative Council to the next level and to bring other partners on board that can grow it beyond what we could do. Even mm. though we love the baby, we also knew that we needed to let it go if we care for it enough. Wow. That is also another thing where, you know, small business owners or some would call them, um, uh, I think uh, Robert Kiyosaki uh, separates the two and says there's entrepreneurs and um, the other one I think is, let's say, business owners. The others never want to leave the baby. You know, they want to, they want the child to get married and still live in the house. Yeah, and I think it's important that when you start the business up front at an early stage, you actually need to know what are your intentions for the end goal of the business. And like you said, you know, a lot of people are like, let's just start, let's just make it happen, let's make money, we can talk about it. I think that's a big mistake because you can have one of two options for, for the end life of the business. One is you want to sell it or list it, you know. The other one is it's a lifestyle business. And you can have a great lifestyle with a small lifestyle business. Buy the cars, have the clothes, have a great life. But it's a lifestyle business. You, you're not going to sell it. There's a fundamental difference between those two types of business. And how you 
run the business, how you grow the business, how you capitalize the business will differ whether if if it's a lifestyle business or if it's a business that's set up to be sold one day. Mm. And I think that's an important consideration that needs to be made upfront when you're starting your business. Some people would say, um, well, they, um, actually not some people. I heard once when uh, Neil Armstrong was being interviewed uh, about going to the moon and the, he said, uh, you know, there were actually only two questions we needed to solve. Uh, the first one was how to get there. And then the other one was how, how to get, get back. back. Yeah. <laughs> and the most important is don't leave until you got both of these things sorted out. Because usually I think we have a, an, a, a, a way of entering the market, but we're never really thinking about our exit strategy. You know, how are we going to exit this partnership that we're going into or this um, company that we want to start or this new dream that we have? And um, is that something that uh, you, for instance, had envisioned when you started the Creative Council or how does it work with yeah. you? So I always felt that uh, what was important for me is I wanted to create real wealth and my partner felt the same way and uh, what that means is that we wanted to build a business that eventually has a life of its own that could ultimately be sold for a PE and that could create real legacy beyond the founders and original owners and that was always our world perspective so that is exactly what we we set out to do. And so we didn't know how we were going to get there. We we knew that the journey would change along the way. And so it must because industries change, people change, and things change. And you need to be adept at changing with the times and seeing opportunities for growth. But we always knew that whatever it was that we were doing, we were doing it to build the wealth of the business and almost to create a micro-economy. In the group. So all the businesses that we got involved in within the group were businesses that were making the whole bigger than the sum of its parts and creating real wealth. And so in the early years, we didn't take our dividends, barring the money that we needed to survive on. All the money was spent reinvesting in the business to grow the business because we had a big ultimate aim. Wow. Creating real wealth, you say. Which is actually something that I think we all should be trying to, to do when we, you know, when we're getting into business. Now, it wasn't always, um, easy. You, you had said that you had made many mistakes in your life and it was not never really an easy, straightforward path. I like to call it the ish moments. Tell me about those ish moments somewhere in, oh. within your life. We've had so many. We, we started the TV production company. And it had all the hope and optimism in the world. And three years later, we got to a point where we realized it was too hard to, to make a living. Mm. So I started another business uh, with, with another partner. It was a financial portal. We were going to go and create this internet portal where people could get share price information online in real time. Raised money for it. Things were going great. We were about to launch this website three years into the, after the development. And as we were about to launch, the company that invested in us went, went into liquidation. We lost everything. Yo. And it was a terrible time. It was a dark time. How and old were you this I time? I was 24. Mm. I was 24 and I thought my life had ended, Yo. effectively. I thought, this is my second time around. I failed again. My friends all have jobs. My friends have, you know, this is the race. And I'm falling behind. And 
it was against that background that we started the Creative Council. And, um, and in retrospect, I think to myself, you know, every time I've had break, breakdowns in my life, tough as they were, in retrospect, I've realized that they were actually breakthroughs. Wow. And how often in our lives, breakdowns are actually, even though we don't know it at the time, are actually breakthroughs. Breakdowns equal breakthroughs. So when you've been through enough breakdowns and in retrospect seen them as breakthroughs, you realize that when a breakdown comes, you don't see it for what it seems it is at that moment. You see it for what it will become one day, which is the breakthrough. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've had lots of moments where we've lost accounts, we've lost money, we've lost key staff, and I've thought many a time that, well, Maybe this is it. Maybe, Yo. maybe this is the end. This is, this is the one that gets me. But somehow you find that you've got internal strength that you don't even know that you have. Mm. You find it within yourself. You do it because you owe it to people around you that rely on you to step up and be strong and make a plan and do things. Wow. I, I equate it to the movie of your own life. You know, like when you're watching a, let's say you go out and you rent a Jackie Chan movie or a Van Damme movie today. And, and nowadays we stream them. Okay. <laughs> this is yes. new media, man. Yes, yes, yes. So you're streaming a Van Damme movie today, right? And um, you know that it's Van Damme's movie. So you know that he's supposed to win. Well, I'm calling him Van Damme in the Afrikaans term. He's probably mm. Van, Van Damme. Van Damme. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a twin. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it, Van Damme. Yeah. So, so now... Um, he goes into that part of the movie where he's really just getting beaten up, man. It's mm. the breakdown. And you mm. see him on the floor. Love he's it. bleeding. Blood sport. And he's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the person who's, you know, the villain is looking really strong right now. Mm. And as you're watching the movie, you know, because it's Van Damme's movie. Yeah, you know that lose. he's not going to lose, you know? Yeah. So you know that already because you, you haven't even watched the movie, but you know that thing. You got that thing inside of you. You're not that worried. You're worried, but you're not that worried. And then that heroic music starts to come in the background. You like kind of hear it starting to build and you're like, oh, something's coming. You know, you feel it before Van Damme actually does something that shows that he's actually starting to win. You see him turn around slowly. You see him getting up and you know that, okay, he's out. He's going to win now. Something's going to happen. He's got some new firepower inside of him and this movie is going to end heroically. Sometimes I think that we have forgotten our own movies. We, it's, it's as if God showed us the movie when we were born and then we just went and forgot it. And then we get, have these breakdowns and we think, Oh my gosh, that's the one that gets me. I'm out. I'm gone. No, I think my life is over. But if you quiet enough, you'll hear that heroic music come up in your life Fantastic. as well. And you can start to come up and there's a new internal energy that can actually, you know, power you through because your breakdown can be your breakthrough, just as you're saying. Fantastic. I really love that analogy, especially with movies. Yeah. And it's funny, it's like a narrative that's quite common in, in these kind of movies. Mm. And in fact, if you just apply it to your life when you're, when you're down and the, the villain's going, ha, 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 you know, that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. that moment, that's a very special moment because mm. that's when you really realize what you're made of. It's yeah. at those times that you have to, you have to dig deep, real deep to find out what it is that you're made of. Yeah. And when you come out of it, you're stronger for it. Fantastic. We are close to the end right now. What? 
I'm telling I told it's you it's the, the shortest hour. Shortest hour of the week. <laughs> this could be the shortest hour of my year. <laughs> Fantastic. I like to hear that. So here's now the last part. I just need to know from you. What's that yeah ne moment? Like when you thought, you know what, I look at my whole life, I've done a lot of things. I mean, you're a you were a fashionista, you've, you were an author, published author, you've be, been a businessman and an entrepreneur and you've, you've done so many things and you look and you say everything but this, maybe it's a moment, maybe it's something you did for someone, maybe it's something someone said, whatever it is, what is that, yeah, nah, moment that made it mm. worth it? So here's the deal. I'm not going to give you the answer you want and I'll tell you why. I'm not done yet. Yeah. My yeah, nah, is looking forward. I'm going, that's great. And when you tell, when you say all these things, it sounds like someone else's life. And I'm wow. so grateful for it. And I'm so grateful for where I am. I've had a wonderful life. I've had love and health, uh, around me. And that's all that matters. But the truth is, yeah, nah, that's not here yet. I'm hungrier than I've ever been. Oh, yeah. I want to. Ju- I'm just getting started. Uh huh. So ask me again in 40 years' time. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, in simple terms, Mr. Giloved <laughs> has just said that the best is yet to come. So watch out, man. Watch out, world. This man right here is not done yet. Thank you very much for coming through. It is an absolute pleasure having you in the studio. And of course, it, this was just an enriching conversation. And because it lives on the internet, this year lives forever. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great stuff. Well, just like that, we end it. It's the shortest hour of the week, every single week. And thank you very much for tuning in. It's Unplugged and in Charge on CliffCentral.com. This is CliffCentral.com.